Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio right here on 1150 KKNW, New York, Vinny. Hanging out with you on, oh, what is going to be a warm one uh, from all predictions and everything else. I didn't hear uh, Nathan do the weather. Uh, I wasn't listening. I was like doing something else here. But uh, if he didn't, if he didn't include the word scorcher and heat wave in that weather, I'm disappointed in him because it is uh, scorching and it's going to be a heat wave. And over the next three days, we are going to, uh, we're going to feel it. And uh, there's nowhere to run. You know, you can't go, I mean, maybe you go up to the top of the pass or something like that, but I suspect it's going to be warm up there. I mean, you go over to Tri-Cities, you're, you're looking at a hundred and, you know, 115 degrees, 117 degrees. That's Death Valley stuff, man. And I know there's a lot of quien las mucho macho men who say, oh, I don't know, I don't know, he's going to hurt you. But um, it could hurt you, especially if you have breathing problems, especially if you have, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, different uh, respiratory problems and so on and so forth. It can, uh, it can wreak havoc on you. So stay safe, stay cool, drink a lot of water. And, um, you know, just also check on your neighbors, man. If you know some older people, that, uh, you know, live uh, uh, on your block or in your neighborhood, uh, chances are they might not have air conditioning. Chances are they might, you know, um, not have uh, uh, the luxuries that you have in your house. Check on them. Make sure they got water. Go bring them a gallon of water. It's going cost you a bucket to PCC. Go bring them a gallon of two of water. And just make sure they're doing all right. It's one of those times where you got to watch out for your neighbor as well as yourself and your family. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that places like Golden Gardens and uh, the, the pools and everything like that are just going to be uh, uh, wall-to-wall people where you'll get little or no relief to the heat because you have all those people out, you know, sitting in the water all day. But personally, I'd rather just sit in the backyard, hang the hose from the, uh, from the wall of the house and just sit under it all day, keep myself cool. Or I could sit in the car I'm driving this week, uh, the Subaru Outback, and um, and stay cool in there. Now, if that is something that you're thinking of doing, you believe you me, more than a few people um, get in their cars and turn on that air conditioner in this kind of weather and, and fill up the tank and say, hey, you know what, for 40 bucks, I can keep cool in my car. I'll just sit in this car and boom and uh, there are some things that you do need to remember if you are going to do that. If you're going to be one of those people, get in your car, crank it up, and uh, take a ride with the air conditioning going to keep things cool, fine and dandy. But uh, there are some hot weather things you should know about, especially if you drive an older car uh, that has air conditioning because it can um, – it can wear and tear on your engine, uh, your electrical system, and a lot of other components uh, quickly. The modern air conditioners are a little bit better. Uh, they use less energy. Some of them run solely on electric. Some, uh, most of them, of course, need a compressor, so they run on the belt. But um, make sure that you have enough coolant in your car. Make sure that that radiator is full, not with just water, but a 50-50 water antifreeze mix if that's what your car calls for uh, but that should be the minimum you should make sure you have antifreeze in there antifreeze has a higher boiling point than water so it will um it'll keep your car cooler um if you run your car a long time if you, you know you run it uh, six seven eight hours you can do that but keep your eye on the temperature of the gauge Make sure that you have enough of the right kind of oil in the car. Make sure that you keep your window at least partway open so that, uh, God forbid, there should be a, uh, a carbon monoxide leak going into your car. 
that it will filter it out. It will uh, it will get fresh air in there. Uh, and and try not to fall asleep in your car with uh, the engine running because it's something that people do too. Is they, you know, they'll get in the car and they'll crank up the air conditioner and you sit back in the seat and you're listening to something or you're watching something on the, on your phone or your iPad and the next thing you know it's so nice and cool you'll sit back in the seat and your head goes up, you're out. And the weather is cool so. Why, you know, why shouldn't you be? Uh, but again, you want to make sure that, it, you know, that uh, your car is in working order. If you're driving somewhere, air in your tires. The idea here is to make the engine work less. Uh, the less the engine has to work, uh, the cooler it's going to run. Make sure your cooling fans are clean. Uh, and that the connections are clean to the cooling fans so that they uh, go on and off when they should. Um, again, coolant, coolant, coolant. Make sure that you have enough coolant in the car. And uh, make sure also your tire pressure. Did I say that already? Your tire pressure is good. Make sure you have oil. Make sure you have transmission fluid if you have an automatic transmission. Make sure that all that stuff is filled up to where it's supposed to be. Uh, these components run hot as it is. You don't need to run them, make them run hotter by not putting enough oil in, not putting enough coolant in, not putting enough tranny oil in, all of those kind of things that can, uh, that can make the lubrication in your car uh, tougher, therefore create more heat, therefore create more of a chance of um, of failure. Uh, you know, car maintenance, and we talk about this all the time, car maintenance is the number one thing that you can do to extend the life of your car and also to, um, to have less problems. Uh, and, and I will tell you, as a person who has said this for the longest time, please, don't listen to the manufacturer when it comes to changing your oil because they'll tell you that you can go 10,000 miles without an oil change. Not that way. Uh, you know, change your oil, check your fluids at least every 5,000 miles. I do it every 3,000 in my cars. Uh, I'm a little anal about that, but I don't know that I've blown an engine since I had a Mazda RX. Uh, to, uh, you know, back in 1973 or so, I think it's, oh no, actually I blew one on a, on a Volkswagen Rabbit driving back from California in 1988. It was the day that I, I remember the, the day so beautifully because I was driving back on I-5 on, uh, from the Dodgers Mets playoff game in 88. And it was, uh, uh, you know, just a disaster, man, on I-5, three o'clock in the morning, my Volkswagen rabbit that I had at the time is just a, a, a clunking and a clunking and a clunking. And I actually nursed it back home. Uh, but that was it for that car. <laughs> that was done, man. That car was over by the time I got it back. But you know, it was, it was me. I didn't, uh, I bought the car and I didn't do the first thing I do when I buy a car, change the oil. You know, that's what you, that's what you're supposed to do. All right. Coming up on the show today, we will spend some time talking about the a brandy new Honda Civic that is out. Carl Pulley from Honda will join us, and we will get a chance to uh, talk to him a little bit about um, one of America's most popular cars. And the interesting thing about the Honda Civic to me is always how much of an every person's car it is. I mean, you see older people driving these cars, younger people driving these cars, kids hop them up. Uh, there's racing versions. Uh, there's uh, Sunday go to church versions. Uh, it's, it's, it's the universal universe, universe. It's the universal use of this car by so many different age groups of people. It fascinates me. And uh, we'll talk to Carl Pulley about that, about uh, why Honda still considers uh, cars to be where it's at. Because uh, let's face it, 
you go into a Chevy showroom and try to buy a car, and it ain't happening, man. You got to buy an SUV. You go into a Ford showroom and you try to buy a car, and you got to buy an SUV if you don't want a Mustang uh, or over a Chevy, a Corvette, or a Camaro. Um, there's just not a lot of cars to be had anymore. Uh, last week we spoke about the Charger, and of course you could buy that in a non. 797 horsepower version. Uh, so that's good. As far as cars, it seems that American manufacturers have pretty much left that to uh, to the uh, you know to the Japanese and the German brands, and uh, they relish the idea of uh, <laughs> of using uh, that space to advance their products. Uh, while they come out with other SUV, you know, SUV type vehicles, while they catch up to America on the SUV type uh, vehicles. So lots to uh, lots to talk about there with Carl Pulley. All right, Nathan, I think it's time for uh, your favorite, I know, and and one of my favorite, matter of fact, the public's favorite um, segment of the week. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Nathan, what am I driving this week? Uh, wouldn't you like to know? I guess I got to tell you, right? <laughs> Nathan, I'm driving a Subaru Outback, Nathan. Are you there, Nathan? Yes, sir. I am here. How are you this morning, Nathan? Oh, staying cool at least. Uh, temperature is really going to be jumping up, but we'll see what I can do about it. I'm part of that population where you don't have much AC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky enough that we have AC in the house. Although I'm always one of those people that, uh, you know, I like AC and everything, but if I can do it with a fan um, and, you know, and some cold water or something, I'll, I'll do that. AC is good, but, man, it uh, it can also have its downside, too. So. Uh, oh, I'm a drive-with-the-windows-down type person. I rarely turn on the AC in my car. Yeah, if, if I get really like, you know, then I'll, then I'll crank on uh, the AC. But if not, uh, man, you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go with the fan. And I, I'm like you. I open up all the windows, drive along. I love the breeze uh, coming into the car, and it cools me off, I guess, enough. Although, as, you know, as I get older, I got to admit that sometimes I like getting into that nice, cool AC and just relaxing. Anyway, uh, talk about AC. The car that I'm driving this week has a great AC unit. It is the Subaru Crosstrek XV. Um, we've talked about this car before uh, because I've driven uh, this car before. This is, of course, the 2021 model that I'm driving. And uh, I'll look, to really be honest with you, I love Subaru so much. I think they do such a great job with their cars. They, they create cars that uh, that serve a purpose uh, that is perfectly suited for the Northwest. They uh, are four-wheel drive. They have small but powerful engines. Uh, they're roomy inside. Uh, they're extremely safe. Uh, you're comfortable when you drive them. Uh, they are really the, uh, you know, probably the car most suited to the Northwest lifestyle. Uh, except for the Tesla that we, you know, I mean, we see Teslas all over the place. Yeah. But you, you still, uh, Subaru's outnumber Teslas and, um, the Crosstrek does not disappoint same basic styling and everything that they've had over the past years is just loaded down with great safety equipment, uh, from their, uh, from their collision mitigation things that, uh, that they put in there in a lane, um, uh, and uh, cruise control, uh, adaptive cruise control, and all of the different things uh, that are in there, the, uh, the um, eyesight with the two lenses uh, that they put in. But also, Subaru has stepped it up with the interiors of their cars. You know, it used to be Subaru, you get in the interiors, you get in the car, and the interior might be a little dowdy. Uh, this car I'm driving has beautiful orange stitching in the seats, the uh, the leather uh, in the seats, or the uh, material on the seats, I don't know if it's actual leather, is um, is comfortable. And I drove the car on a bit of a trip the other day, and it was really, um, uh, you know, you didn't come up with the aches and the pains that you come up with sometimes, because you got to sit this way, you got to sit that way. It gives you a nice, 
firm seating area. Um, we'll do a full review on the car next week. But uh, if you see me around driving the Subaru Crosstrek XV, wave hello. Come over, take a look at the car. That's what I like to do. I love to show people the cars and uh, let them let them take a look at them. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times when I go down, you know, sometimes I park down there by the Edmonds uh, waterfront or on Sunset. And, uh, you know, if I'm driving one of the, like, uh, you know, the Dodge Charger or the Corvette or something like that, people will come by. Can I take a picture of it? Can I take a picture of it? Sure you can. Yeah, sit inside, live a little. <laughs> now, I didn't do that during COVID, but. Actually, you know what? I did do that during COVID. Now, come to think of it, there was actually a, I was out in Idaho and um, this kid had just this, this look on his eyes uh, when he looked at the Corvette and he was with his girlfriend and I said, ah, sit in the car, you know, go ahead, sit in it. And uh, he, you know, he's taking pictures with his girlfriend. He's sitting in this red Corvette convertible. <laughs> <laughs> I think the kid couldn't believe uh, that it was happening. All right, Honda uh, on the 16th uh, released to dealers uh, the new Honda Civic. And then a couple of days later, a week or so later, they come out with the Honda Civic hatchback. So there are new Hondas to talk about. Record sales for these cars when we come back. Carl Pulley, who is the man in charge of the West uh, Western United States from Honda, will uh, join us to talk a little bit about the new Civic and uh, where the car business is going right now. This is Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny on 1150 KKNW. No matter how you say it, cruce con la verde, en el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Attraversate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Geht darüber de gas, norden wenn es green, nicht ergis zwischen den mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner is clear and wait and wait until you see the light turn green don't cross the street in the middle 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 of the block don't cross the street in the middle 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 of the block seattle tacoma antwerp that's right we're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com Right back here on this Saturday on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny here with Dawn 1150 KKNW. And we get a chance to spend a couple of minutes with a gentleman who is going to, as I like to say, hip us up to Honda because there's a lot of good <laughs> stuff going on at Honda these days. And Carl Pulley is the man who can hip us up to what is going on there. Good morning, Carl. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. It's uh, great to be on with you today. Great to have you uh, with us as well. A couple of exciting things, uh, out of many exciting things that are coming out of Honda these days. Uh, let's start with, well, you, you know, this the Civic is a car that I take a look at, and you can look at older people who drive one as reliable transportation, and younger people who love to take one down to Dick's Drive-In with wheels on it and hop them up like we used to in the old days. It's, it's like the everyman hot rod, but yet it, it also serves as, uh, I don't know, you want to call it America's reliable transportation. It's such a, a, a multifaceted car. And now for 2022, uh, there's a new Civic coming out. Tell me a little bit about what we would expect to see out of this brand new iconic car. Yeah, absolutely. You, you hit the nail right on the head, Vinny. I mean, since 1973, when we first brought the Civic out to the U.S., it's been America's best-selling car since 1973. 
We've sold 12 million Civics to Americans, and we don't sell fleets. So this is individual Americans that have gone into a dealer and bought a Civic. So um, it's now in its 11th generation, believe it or not. So we're really excited about the 2022 Civic. So the sedan um, body variant actually went on sale on the 16th. So that was uh, this past Wednesday. And uh, yeah, we're really thrilled about it. So um, it, it's all new. Um, I mean, someone who is very familiar with the 10th generation um, with the styling, they'll really notice that the Civic um, is, is looking so new. It has this breath of fresh air kind of new styling element to it. It makes it look clean and lean and athletic, and it includes some great, great features. Uh, I mean, we have feature packs this car. It comes standard with the Honda Sensing suite of driver and safety um, items, and that comes standard. And well as this great new look, we got two powertrains, both of the powertrains, the two liter normally aspirated engine uh, that comes in the LX and the Sport. That has improved fuel economy up to two miles per gallon combined. And then we have a 1.5 liter turbo engine and the power has been increased by six to 180 horsepower. But more importantly, what people really feel is the torque. And that's gone up 15 pound feet of torque to 177. And the whole body has been, um, has been improved for better driving dynamics, a quieter cabin, and a more refined ride. So, you know, it, the, the things that people have, have appreciated since 1973 with the Civic, um, we've just improved every component on it. And, and, and I'm so excited to, to have customers go out and do a test drive for you, Vinny, to get in one and take it for a spin and tell me what you think. Well, you know, it's interesting, Carl, uh, when you come up to these cars and you go through the Honda, Toyota, Kia, uh, Hyundai, all these different cars. It's the little things uh, that you look at the car that maybe differentiates it from uh, the competition. Uh, you know, cars have power, cars have engines, cars have transmissions. Uh, but I remember looking at the Civic and seeing um, something like the integration of the way the air conditioning vents in the interior, uh, the design cues that are used by designers uh, to make the car stand out. And it's a little thing, I know, but when you go and you sit in a car like the Civic and you look at that, it really catches your eye and maybe catches your imagination. I mean, that's really a, a part of what Honda is doing here with the design of these cars, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's funny, kind of going back to, to that original Civic as well, you know, Honda really thinks about the customer. We call it human-centered design. And so we have this new... Um, design language we call simplicity and something. And the something stands out is that thing that you had just noted. So back in 1973, we were the first manufacturer that came up with a single key that not only would you use for the ignition, but you'd use for the doors and for the gas cap. At that time, back in the 70s, you would have up to three keys for any car. So Honda thought through how customers use their vehicle. And what you reference is this beautiful honeycomb uh, design element. So the inside of the, the new Civic is, is really kind of clean and simple and really easy to use. So that design element runs horizontally across the entire dash. And as you say, has this metal honeycomb finish that hides the vents. And so it just looks clean and clear. And even when you get into it, the, the, the quality of the materials. And so the dials, for instance, for the AC and the heating unit, um, they have a beautiful touch to them. When you turn them, they click. So every touch point of the Civic is, is premium feeling. And, and that's where I think is gonna be the big wow factor. When people sit in the car, if they didn't know they were entering in a, a Honda Civic, I'm, I'm sure they'll think this has got to be a luxury European car because the way things feel, the look of the materials. Um, I mean, even for instance, so we have a new nine inch color touchscreen uh, for the infotainment system. And it has this little soft touch ledge below it 
that you can anchor your fingers on. Because one of the most challenging things when you use a touchscreen, you know, when you've got a, a, a touchscreen in your lap, when you're sitting in your comfy chair, it's nice and secure and it's easy to operate. But when you're driving, you know, road imperfections, you get jostled around a little bit. So having that little soft touch anchor to put some of your fingers on, then it makes it so much easier to use that touchscreen. So again, it's that human-centered design. We're like, okay, what does the driver need? What does the customer need? What do the rear seat passengers need? Let's give it to them. Let's surprise them. And we call it surprise and delight. You know, people get in like, okay, well, I've checked all the other vehicles and I'm going to go and, uh, you know, go to the dealer and, and, and sit inside a Civic. And then once they're in it, like, wow. I mean, you get that wow moment. And I think that's what you were referring to. And yeah. I'm, you know, it's, it's great to work for a company that thinks that deeply into the customer. Carl Bully from Honda is with us here on Drive Time Radio. Uh, this is a time when many American manufacturers are walking away from cars. They're going toward trucks. And we'll talk about Honda's uh, pickup truck in a, in a couple of minutes. But um, why? what does Honda see in cars right now for the American market that maybe some of these other companies aren't? Well, you know, for, for instance, the, the 10th generation Civic, which is the, the, the current one um, that anyone's going to replace, um, that went on sale in 2016. We sold 1.7 million of those Civics to American buyers since 2016. And then last year, you know how crazy last year was with COVID? We still yeah. sold almost 270,000 Civics. And again, we don't sell fleet. So this is not big fleet companies buying a bunch of cars. This is individual customers that have that they've listened to your radio show, Vinny. You've given them advice. They've gone and kicked the tires, slammed the doors. But ultimately, they've decided to walk into a Honda dealership and buy a Civic. Now, the most important thing, I think, is there's threefold things. In Since 2016, the Civic is number one of any type of vehicle, pickup truck, SUV, passenger car, number one with first-time new car buyers. It's number one with millennial and Gen Z purchasers. And also it's number one with multicultural purchasers. So it means that we're getting the future car buyers into our brand early. So you can imagine if you've got, you know, some young person, maybe they just got their first good job, they graduated college, they got that great job and they want to buy themselves a first new car. I mean, you and I know what that felt like, right? I mean, it's just, right, you know, right. it's an exciting time. And so these people have done their due diligence and they've listened to your radio show and they've decided to buy that Civic. And if they're young, that means they've got decades of purchasing ahead of them. And if they enjoy that experience with that new Honda, chances are they're going to stay within the brand. So if they need a pickup truck, Maybe they'll look at the Ridgeline. If they need a minivan, when they start raising a family, they'll look at the Odyssey. You know, maybe they're a super enthusiast and they want to go to track days. They'll look at the Civic Type R. So I think that's where a lot of manufacturers are kind of losing out with getting these young people that, um, you know, want to get into a, a really good looking car that has great driving dynamics, that's affordable, reliable, fuel efficient, safe. Um, and, and we're capturing those people. And that's why it's so super important that we're still all in with passenger cars and particularly the Civic because, it, I mean, it's a goldmine for us because it's bringing those young customers into the brand. And that's Carl Pulley from Honda who uh, joined us uh, via Zoom uh, earlier in the week. We had a chance to catch up with him and uh, they are very excited at Honda. Uh, and I'm very excited about the new Civic as well. I mean, it's a reasonably priced car. Uh, that has uh, a, a lot of um, pizzazz behind it. Uh, if you talk to Honda people, they are uh, some of the loyalist car owners out there. They love the Honda. They love the the uh, the, uh, the engines, uh, the the um, uh, the way it drives, uh, the safety, all of the stuff about a Honda. People love them, and uh, you know it's it's hard to. I mean, that's really why they had to come out with a pickup truck because people wanted a pickup truck and Honda wanted to get into that space with their SUVs, which are uh, spectacular SUVs, and uh, their uh, Ridgeline pickup truck. 
And uh, they decided that, uh, matter of fact, when we talk a little bit about the ridge line, that's coming along here. Um, uh, if not, the uh, in dealers already uh, should be out there uh, in, a, in the not too distant future. Uh, but the Honda Civic is uh, just a solid car for people to drive, and they've loved them since the 70s. And again, you get the you know the top line touring with the turbo, uh, $28,300, uh, $29,200 with the uh, destination charge and uh, the uh, EPA mileage rating on these cars on their touring is 31, 38 uh, combined to 34. So you're getting good gas mileage, a fun car to drive. Um, not as connected to the road as many other cars. I'll admit that it's not a monster, but it's still a good, solid, get me where I want to go car. And if you want to, uh, you know, drive something that uh, that is reliable and going to get you from point A to point B, they've gotten out of the uh, Honda as appliance phase. And now they realize that they got to put a little more fun, a little more road feel into these cars. And I think that that's exactly what they're doing. The hatchback was also released this week, and that should be at dealers uh, uh, pretty soon, if not already as well. And as you know, if, you, uh, <laughs> if you're if you trying to buy a car these days, it is not easy uh, to uh, go out there. Used cars are at an all-time high price. And um, new cars are, you know, they're starting to get back at the showrooms because of chips and everything like that, the chip shortage. But Still not an easy proposition to go out and buy a new car. I think it'll ease up in the next week or two, uh, maybe even uh, maybe a little longer than that. But I think in the next week or two, we will uh, we'll see more cars out there to get them out to the dealers as fast as they can get the chips in them and get them out of the uh, get them off of the uh, storage facilities. Excuse me, where they had to put them without chips. I mean, they basically had to truck them over to the storage facilities and keep them there. And they get the chips, they put them in and boom, they send them off to the dealers as fast as they can. All right. We have uh, lots more coming up. Seattle motorists are under attack. We will talk about that in the next half hour as well as uh, we have a cartoon of the week and we will review a fine, fine Mercedes Benz. All of that coming up on drive time. Ever look inside a drop of gasoline? We do at Tidewater again and again, splitting the tiniest of drops even smaller and smaller and smaller. Then we check the balance of molecules to learn all that science can learn. All to make Flying A the most advanced gasoline of today and for tomorrow. From other Tidewater research programs come new ways to bring your car a longer engine life with lubricants designed to protect under all conditions in any climate. That's why Vidal motor oils are so widely used in 82 countries around the world. And Tidewater research also brings you greater safety with the remarkable new Flying A safety ride tire. First with the revolutionary Dynapol tread. New safety ride tires take extreme punishment with an extra margin of safety. Watch. At 50 miles per hour, these Flying A tires on the left stop 39 feet safer than other premium tires. New gasolines developed in Tidewater Laboratories have to prove themselves under the widest range of driving conditions. They're tested for winter driving high in the mountains, tested for summer heat out on the desert, tested for start and stop driving too, tested and tested to make sure Flying A gasoline puts more action in your car wherever you drive. This research is just part of Tidewater's one and a quarter billion dollar investment for your car. And here's where it all pays off for you. In finer products and better service at your Flying A dealer. Drive in at Tidewater's sign of quality, Flying A. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Yes, tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. New York, Vinny here with you on a Saturday morning edition of Drive Time. I think it's going to be a scorcher. Make sure. By the way, please, please, please do not leave your pets 
in the car. Do not leave your children in the car, even if it's for a minute. I mean, uh, really, uh, I, I just, um, I, I don't know how to say it enough times when I drive it home to people uh, to please do not leave your pets in the car uh, for any period of time in this weather. You know, it's um, it, it's tough enough for them as it is, but 100, 110 degrees or 100 degrees outside a car can get up to about 175 pretty quickly inside a car. By the way, another tip on this hot weather in your car is to crack open your sunroof a little bit. That'll let the heat in the car rise and dissipate. Doesn't have to be a big crack, just enough to let heat out. And, um, of course, if you have one of those windshield things to, to uh, put above uh, the windshield, uh, 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 not above the windshield, behind the windshield, you know, the thing that blocks the sun out, uh, grab one of those and put it in there, too, or just put a towel uh, or something on it and hang it from your sun visors. It's, uh, you know, the less sun that gets in the car, it beats down on the car, uh, the better it's going to be. But if you can crack both windows and crack the uh, the sunroof as I have done with mine, you'll be able to uh, you'll do okay. Our cartoon of the week, I figured since we were singing the praises this morning of the Honda Civic, I would go back to 1964 and a band that um, really got people uh, it, it's always been amazing to me how uh, you know, music mirrors trends and um, you know, especially in the 60s car world, we had a little GTO and 409. Well, our song that we're going to use this morning is not about um, the Honda car, but the Honda motorcycle, same company, but the little Honda motorcycle was um, a popular thing in Southern California back in the 60s. And uh, Brian Wilson, who was doing a lot of work, of course, in that time period in Southern California, uh, put together this band uh, that consisted of a lot of um, session musicians. And they took the um, the Beach Boys, the Brian Wilson Penn song, Little Honda about the motorcycle, and uh, gave it their own spin. And some of the people that you might rem know about um, on this thing, uh, Glenn Campbell, Tommy Tedesco of the Wrecking Crew, Richie uh, uh, Polidor, all appear on this particular record. And in this band written by Brian Wilson and Roger Christian, uh, who... Um, and a lot of tunes uh, back in the uh, early and middle 60s uh, on the surf rock scene here is the Hondells version of Little Honda. Thank you, the Hondells and Lou Christie. By the way Dick Clark there uh, introducing and then outroing the band, uh, getting him to go over. Interesting in that the band that you saw uh, or uh, listened to there uh, was not the band that you saw on American Bandstand because in those days, uh, a lot of the Southern California hits were done by that group of musicians called the Wrecking Crew. And um, so they would record it and they would send uh, four or five other people out on the road, at, you know, especially with these one hit wonders to a tour as that band. So uh, who you saw in that particular video uh, or you see in that particular video if you watched it uh, on youtube would not be the guys who recorded it but it's interesting too that um the uh hondells also recorded uh, um commercials for pepsi i remember and uh let's see who was it glenn campbell was one of the uh, session musicians who was a popular session musician at that time down in uh, Southern California. He was on that Pepsi commercial. Uh, the one recording I, you know, I didn't really know too much about. And then 
I kind of want to find it now. If there's actually a recording of Pat Boone singing a little Honda. I couldn't do it to you folks. I couldn't. Do, this was the one that was the hit. The Beach Boys, you know, uh, put it on a number of their albums as well and released it as a single. But this was the one that you heard on the big radio stations uh, that went to nine, uh, number nine on the um, uh, Billboard Hot 100 back in 1964. When? When? Music was music. When you could turn on your radio in the car and hear it come out of your little tinny green speaker. And that was that Frankie Valley. That was music. Make it off my lawn. All right, it's Drive Time Radio. Um, motorists in Seattle are under attack. There is no way around. You know, it's, it's really getting tough to own a car in the city of Seattle. Between what you have to pay for parking and uh, the break-ins of your car, you can't leave anything in your car anymore. The catalytic converter thefts, I guess there was, uh, I guess earlier this week, there was uh, catalytic, three people, three cars, three separate cars had stalled on the side of, uh, I think it was I-5. And um, somebody came along while those cars were sitting on the side of the road, stalled and sawed off their catalytic converters. Because people can, you know, sell those things uh, for the stuff that's inside of them and make money. It's a, it's a growing problem all over the country. So now, I mean, how the, how the heck do you lock your, the bottom of your car? Um, and that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is... Uh, the continued, this has been going on. Now, this just didn't start, you know, people say, oh, this started with the uh, rioters last year and the protesters. No, this didn't start with the protesters and the rioters. This has been going on for a few years now. At night, over on I-5, there are people, and I-90 as well, there are people who get their rocks off by throwing stuff off of overpasses at passing cars. I don't know if this is a game. I don't know if this is you know, what possible satisfaction you can get out of throwing something off of an overpass and onto a car. I mean, I guess when I was a little kid, I threw snowballs at buses. You know, that's probably about the young or trucks, you know, but you didn't throw them at the, the driver. You threw them at the side of the truck. Uh, maybe they get the same satisfaction uh, as somebody who does, as I did from that. I don't know. But I was about seven years old or 10 years old when I did it. And when my old man caught me, he kicked my butt. And I didn't do it again. So um, I don't know what the police can do here. Short of, of, of from, uh, you know, nine o'clock at night to uh, six o'clock in the morning, putting a police officer on every uh, overpass in Seattle. If that'll help the problem or not. But somebody is going to get killed doing this. Somebody's going to get, I mean, people have gotten hurt already and somebody is going to get killed. Uh, They throw scooters, they throw rebar, they throw boxes, they throw whatever they can get their hands on. And, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you as far as how do you, you know, I can tell you, stay off the roads, take the side streets. Um, Drive slower through um, Seattle so that if you, uh, for some reason, there's somebody throwing something off an overpass, that you can maybe avoid it. It's a lot easier to avoid something at 50 than it is at 70 or 80 as you're screaming through the, you know, maybe maybe that's what they part of what they need to do, at least for the time being, is to uh, lower the speed limit and enforce it on I-5 and I-90 until you get out of the city of Seattle. This way, maybe you have half a chance if you see something coming down from an overpass. It is a sad, sad commentary on 
our uh, society, uh, among many sad commentaries in our society, that people feel the need to go up onto uh, onto uh, overpasses and throw stuff off like this for no good reason. There's, there's no reason there. Nobody calls up and says, this is a terrorist act. I'm doing this because uh, of this, that, or the other thing. This is just uh, total disrespect for anybody else's life. And I think if you live in Seattle, sometimes you kind of get sick of it, aren't you? You kind of you kind of get sick of of picking up the newspaper, turning on the TV. If you can do that anymore, I mean, sometimes you get to the point where you don't even want to turn on the news and see, you know, a piece of rebar going through somebody's window. I just, um, if you're a driver in Seattle today. You uh, you really take your uh, take your life into your hands at times, especially if you're driving on I five at night. Now they did catch uh, somebody doing this a few days ago. Um, one suspect caught for throwing rocks. Uh, uh, Two men arrested for throwing rocks onto a Seattle freeway. And uh, this is from uh, Cairo News, Rick Johnson, who we've had on the show before. Uh, on I-90 around 3 a.m. Sunday. And then a second man throwing rocks onto I-5 near the convention center. Um, yes, yeah. again, folks. Please do yourself a favor. Uh, slow down when you're going through Seattle. Keep an eye on the overpasses uh, above you. And uh, hopefully uh, that will, um, you know, that will help you out, man. That will uh, help you avoid getting a rock through your windshield and uh, somebody getting hurt uh, in doing this. And to the police that are out there, thank you for being out there and trying to find these people. It's a tough job protecting people these days. And, uh, you know, we appreciate, uh, you know, what you do to get out there and help these people out, man, uh, and, and catch these people. And maybe, they, you know, maybe they got two of them here. Hopefully. We'll have to see. But uh, uh, bail was put on one of them at $100,000. I'm rotten jail for a while. All right. Uh, We'll take a quick break here. Actually, you know what? We're going to go right to our uh, right to our uh, look at the uh, GLC, the Mercedes GLC. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, man. What a beautiful car this was. What a joy it was to drive the Mercedes AMG uh, GLC 35. Whoa, just a, uh, a great road car. Took this car up to uh, the uh, uh, Cascade Loop and then up to the uh, Cascade Mountain Highway. And uh, from the moment you get into the car to the moment you get out of it. And, uh, we spent, uh, you know, eight hours in the car more than that, nine hours in the car. It was uh, the experience uh, of um, of a small SUV that bathes you in luxury, responds with power, um, is put together, uh, as you know, with the, um, the bi-turbo uh, V6 and the GLC 43, Gives you 385 power, does 0 to 60 in 4.7 seconds. But the car is not all built about speed, although with the AMG and the nine speed, uh, the speed shift and uh, the all wheel drive, you get the driving dynamic that you're looking for out of a small SUV, a sporty small SUV. It's really uh, unbelievable how they tune this thing to. Uh, they hit the road and it uh it's a different um it's different than you see in any other car the torque is turned into traction 
the uh, formatic can vary. The front to rear talk to get you in. If you get into a sticky situation, it can get you out of it. The ability to adjust the suspension to where you need it to be, whether you want sport, sport plus, or comfort, is phenomenal. It responds to you know. It's not just a a switch or a joke in this car. It's an actual uh, program that you go into, and you set this car up for what you want it to be. And so this is a driver's car, but it's also a passenger car. It's a roomy car in that uh, it is a comfortable drive. It's small. It's easy to park. It has a lot of space inside, a lot of rear seat room, and uh, it really, when it uh, when, when you get this thing out on the road and you put it through some curves, um, I thought that it performed quite well. I thought that it had a good grip on the road. It had plenty of power. It was comfortable, which uh, is uh, is always. And you know what? It stopped. Fantastic. The brakes in this thing were unbelievable. Now, AMG is known for their brakes. AMG is known for you know hand building the engines and everything like that. I mean, this is a car that no attention to detail has been spared. If you load it up with um, with people, it has air suspension. You can uh, use the AMG Dynamic Select to give you the exact feel you need for the car, even if you have to put five people and luggage in there. It never falters on that. It always gives you all of that uh, at, the, at the touch of a button. There's a little button with a shock absorber on. Uh, right there, you hit that button and boom. It does uh, what you want it to do. And uh, the looks of the car are beautiful. People stop and look at it. The styling is uh, definitely Mercedes. The carbon fiber package that comes on the car makes it look aggressive if that's the look that you're going for. And uh, the dashboard and the steering wheel is everything uh, you expect out of a Mercedes. It's uh, really, uh, I thought, one of the more spectacular SUVs I have driven uh, this year. 385 horsepower, 384 pound-feet of torque, 4.70 to 60. Uh, starts at a base price of 59900 bucks, And it, um, again, uh, it gives you, I think, bang for your buck when you're looking for this kind of luxury, smaller SUV. And it's uh, certainly something worth uh, worth uh, checking out if that's the car that you are in the market for. That will do it for this edition of Drive Time Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch up with you next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock at the Lodge Willen and the Creek Don't Rise. Stay cool. Check on your neighbors. We'll see you next week.